Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Drivers, start your engines! Hit the pace car! What for? Because you hit every other damn thing out there, I want you to be perfect! When I'm driving, I got a guy on the radio who talks to me. It's him. He talks to me. He didn't slam you, he didn't bump you, he didn't nudge you, he rubbed you, and rubbing son is racing. Hey race fans, welcome to the Hoobazoo Radio Network and welcome to Drafting the Circuits. My name is Frank Santoroski. I'll be your host for the next hour as we go over this past week in racing. Before we get into the conversation, let me introduce you to the panel I have assembled tonight. Uh, with me as always, Mr. Gray Warren from Richard Childress Racing. I've got Seth Eggert from Motorsports Tribune, my good friend, race engineer Richard Uden, and Christopher DeHardy from Motorsports Tribune. How is everybody tonight? Excellent. Good. Fantastic. All right. Great to have everybody on. So uh, coming out of this week, we had NASCAR out of Fontana. We had some uh, crazy stuff going on during qualifying that we'll get into, but um, the the race was the uh, Martin Truex show. Um, People were wondering when he was going to get back to his winning ways, and he uh, certainly did not disappoint dominating the race, taking taking the stages, taking the win, followed to the line by Kyle Larson, a mere 11.8 seconds back. Um, Kyle Busch... um, Brad Keselowski and Joey Logano rounding out the top five. So, Seth Gray, um, you guys are our NASCAR guys. Let's uh, dig into this race a little bit, and let's talk about this controversy in qualifying. Yeah, well, it, it was a somewhat controversial weekend as it, as it, ended, as it ended. But, uh, yeah, we, we, we moved on to the, the final chapter of NASCAR Goes West for 2018. And we all look for more of the dominance that uh, Kevin Harvick has shown the last, the previous three weeks. Uh, very good in practice he was, uh, and, and and kind of slipped up the last round of qualifying and, and ended up tenth, but still had a very strong car. And then had the two practices again on Saturday, so it looked like it was going to be another another Harvick parade. And uh, as the race uh, took off, Harvick started making his way to the front and uh, ran into a little bit of trouble. Uh, he got together with uh, Kyle Larson, I think, on the 35th lap, and it pretty much uh, uh, ruined his day. He got loose coming off turn two, uh, tried to chase the car down the track and got into the side of, uh, of uh, Larson, and he bounced off Larson and went into the outside wall and uh, 
damaged his car and he finished i think 35th about eight laps down so uh that kind of ended that but it opened the door for uh martin truex to uh to show his dominance and and again he did he started from the pole won both segments uh during the race and, and won the race and uh, lapped all but uh 10 cars uh in in the field so uh he he he's you know uh really when you look at it, he dominated last year and some people say he's gotten off to a slow start, but when you compare his start to last year, he's really having a better start to the season than, than he did last year. He's had four consecutive top five finishes, so it uh, uh, seems that 78 team is uh, beginning to hit their stride too. So uh, that, uh, we'll see what uh, the next mile and a half that comes up is uh, about three weeks from now, and that will be Texas after the uh, Easter break. So uh, we'll see what uh, – it might be the, the, the Harvick and uh, – and uh, Truex show when, when we head out there. But uh, going back to the controversy you talked about, uh, uh, qualifying was a mess, to put it bluntly. Um, about 13 cars, I'm thinking, did not uh, go out to uh, participate in qualifying. They had trouble with the new optical uh, optical uh, system that NASCAR uses to scan and measure the race cars for various things. Uh, I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, or wrong, Seth, but all four of the Hendrick cars uh, failed uh, failed the inspection? All, all four of the Hendrick cars, Clint Boyer, Denny Hamlin, and A.J. Allmendinger, I want to say Chris Buescher as well, and about six or seven others, a total of 13 did not get out to make an attempt. And mind you, out of 37 cars, only 12 passed every station on the first attempt through tech inspection. Yeah. yeah, and and that set up what has become an issue in some of the earlier races where teams that did that failed. I know we go back to, uh, I think we go back to Atlanta where Truex failed it three times and, and just gave up and decided not to uh, to, to do, go a fourth time and, uh, and it relegated them to a, to a start at the back of the pack where... At that time, he was able to start the race on sticker tires and made mincemeat out of the field and was probably uh, inside the top ten within 20 laps. Uh, and that uh, raised the ire of, uh, of a lot of fellow competitors when he, when he was able to do that. So I think, too, with, with some of these tracks, we go in, in, in a similar situation out at Fontana because Fontana is one of the oldest surfaces that um, – the cup cars or NASCAR runs on. It still has the original pavement from when the track was, was built. So tires are very, very important out there. And these teams, by starting in the rear, really gave up nothing other than picking a pit position. Uh, they were going to get uh, sticker tires, and, and I think a lot of the competitors who, who made it through uh, inspection and attempted uh, qualifying uh, we're, we're pretty upset about it because they're going to have, you know, it's going to be 13 cars. Plus, I think those other four cars that didn't attempt uh, runs in the, uh, wasn't, it, wasn't it four that didn't attempt the... They're both front row motorsports cars. They didn't attempt the second, second round. Uh, I want to say Daryl Wallace Jr. for some reason. I think he did attempt, though. And I forget who the fourth one was, but... Uh, four drivers didn't attempt because they wanted to save a lap on their tires to keep the freshness 
in their tires. And I want to say that was because they were anticipating the dirt team that were going to be starting on fresh tires. Right. We're going to blow and, by them. <laughs> and, and just a quick note on this. Uh, the first pass-through in the tech inspection that these 24 cars failed tech, uh, it wasn't just in the optical scanning station. It was in multiple stations. The second pass-through, these 13 that never got a chance to attempt kept failing in the optical scanning station. And because of the sheer number of teams, some just ran out of time to even go and attempt a third time. Yeah, and, and I tell you, all that created a firestorm in the garage area post-qualifying. So NASCAR stepped in and decided that the, 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 the cars that did make the effort, passed inspection and made the effort to qualify and run the, run the session would be allowed to start the race on sticker tires, thereby pretty much leveling the playing field. So... NASCAR goes away with a little bit of egg on their face after this thing. So I'm anticipating between now and, say, Wednesday, uh, some new qualifying procedures to, uh, to come out. So that was, you know, that, that's kind of how that, how that race got started. But, again, you know, the thing, the thing that, that we've seen uh, in these first uh, uh, four races, these four races since Daytona, is we've seen sheer dominance by, by – by, by the winners, uh, Harvick has, has dominated uh, these ra- his, the races that, that he's won, and then uh, Truex comes along and, and dominates this race. So, uh, you know, there's some some other areas that that NASCAR is going to need to look at uh, if they want to uh, level the playing field and see see what's going on. Because right now, you know, there's all kinds of rumors floating around the garage area, but all kind of shenanigans going on and and. Uh, you know, it's unfortunate that a lot of this stuff is going on because NASCAR's kind of created this situation to some degree uh, where these teams are having to, having to go do these. And it's nothing different than, than that hadn't been done forever in this sport. But it really, you know, with, with all the things, with all the effort that they make to level the playing field, that when, you know, one or two cars can, can gain an advantage that is that, is that uh, distinct, uh, it's it, it's troubling uh, for the sport uh, when you when you look how the how the fans are going to react to it. So we'll just have to see what goes on. But but one other thing that came out of uh, the, that Friday mess is I learned something that that Hendrick Motorsports, uh, from what they said on TV, does not possess one of those optical uh, systems. That used to be it's called a Hawkeye, and uh, what 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 we refer to it as, and that. You know, I was quite surprised that Hendrick, of all organizations, uh, does not possess one now. I know that I know uh, RCR has one. I know that Roush has one, uh, and and, uh, and uh, Joe, Joe Gibbs has one. Uh, but I, you know, I, I was quite surprised when I learned that uh, um, that Hendrick didn't have one. I, I imagine Hendrick still has the same old, uh, you know, optical. Uh, measuring system that we that was the predecessor to the Hawkeye. I'm sure they have that. And it's a good system. It's very good. But uh you know you're not uh you're not uh actually you're not comparing apples to apples when you when you when you go to the racetrack when you when you've scanned your car with one system and having to having to uh 
reveal it in in front of another. So I, I don't know. And and Richard, you know, you made we talked we made some comments over the weekend. You know, texting back and forth about your opinion on how NASCAR has created this kind of firestorm. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's partly to a lot of people's considerations that they. Um, NASCAR have created a rule book that is too rigid and obviously you know people want to win it's in the competitive nature people want to do as well as possible and if they remove the areas for develop to, for teams to develop by having such a rigid rule book then the only areas that teams can get through is by sort of manipulating the bodywork for want of a better word you know leaning on it in certain areas and maybe having a you know, a little, you know, a screw that isn't properly tightened down and uh, and all these sort of uh, little shenanigans, as you like. And I think if they allowed teams to develop in certain areas and improve certain aspects of the car, you'd probably see a lot less teams, you know, fail inspection. I mean, when was the last time you heard of a Formula One team failing inspection? There was obviously the scenarios where, legalities of cars are questioned but that's normally pretty quickly cleared up you very rarely find somebody getting to the track and the fia turning around and saying that car's not valid no not since not since colin chapman died yeah and and you very rarely hear about it in 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 indycar too you know they have their which which i'm sure is pretty stringent uh inspection process that those cars have to follow but you never uh, hear 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 of anybody uh being knocked out of qualifying line or anything like that. So, so basically, you know, NASCAR is a sanctioning body uh, is the only one of the major bodies right now that that faces this ordeal week in and week out. Well, I'll, I'll tell year you what, in, year out. We were talking about this. Uh, I was talking about this a couple of days ago with somebody, and, and part of it, I think, is is sort of the, the the concept of you know the crew chiefs and all these guys. They're sort of trying to create this mystique about how they're, uh, you know, it's almost like black magic, how they, they rub on the body and lean on it and manipulate the bodywork. And, and, and what they don't realize is what they're doing there is, exa- it's, it's engineering. It's science, it's engineering, it's aerodynamics, just like any other aspect of vehicle development is. It's just not approved. It, it, it's, it's not, you know, people say, oh, engineers are really, you know, engineering's bad for NASCAR. Okay, fine, that's people's opinion. But what they forget is that you know they say, oh I love it when a you know a crew chief like you know leans on a body to, to to change it well that's engineering as well they just don't realize it yeah I mean all this stuff that these guys do it's been studied in the wind tunnel and they have a plan it's not something oh, yeah. that, it's not something that they just you know dream up and and try they they they've tested these theories that they've had in the wind tunnel that's why these teams take these cars to the wind tunnel on average once once a week or every ten days. These teams are in the wind tunnel working on these things, checking these little, I'm talking thousandths of an inch uh, yep. that they work, work in. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it, it is very scientific. I mean, these guys study the wind. I mean, that's it's, it's as simple as that. Uh, now, just one comment, Gray. You had said that Hendrick doesn't have a Hawkeye system. They're yeah. not the only major team that does not have a Hawkeye system. Furniture Row Racing does not have a Hawkeye system. Yeah, like I said, I, I knew I knew of only that I knew of only four right now uh, and, that, that that I had heard it, but I had assumed that of those four, that Hendrick, you know, would would possess well, one. 
Well, my understanding is at least uh, the ones that say RCR has and a few that the three other teams have. My understanding was they were all bought by the RTA, the Race Team Alliance, and. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. They're slowly but surely being sent out to each of these teams. Yeah. And, yeah, I can't, yeah, I can't speak to that. I, that that's that's and, news to me. And my understanding is teams that don't have it yet are just trucking their cars over to another team that has it. Whether or not that's it, true, I don't know. I think, I think they could probably uh, carry it over to the NASCAR Tech Center. Yeah, I think one, uh, Hendrick one is, is close there enough. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, they are. They're they're just a few miles down the road. They could do that as well. And yeah, I, was actually, I was actually, uh, I, I drove past the uh, NASCAR Tech Center uh, today, and uh, there was actually a Hendrick hauler driving in there as I passed. Okay, well, that, well yeah, it could be. And I, was, I drove past there today, too. I, I, I didn't see it, but... Um, yeah, I find it unusual that, that a team as, as potent and, and, and leading edge as, as Hendrick, you would think that they would be one of the, one of the first ones to, uh, to, to, to embrace the new technology and, and have it in their shop. And I'm sure it's probably, like you say, Seth, it's probably, it's probably coming. And I would, I would say it is. And particularly after this weekend's debacle, uh, you know, that they would, uh, they would definitely uh, expedite that somewhat. And on top of that debacle, in my opinion, NASCAR put their foot down on some of these shenanigans that the teams are doing with what they said in the Xfinity series. If any of their any of the Xfinity teams uh, failed post or pre-qualifying tech multiple times, they didn't specify whether that was two, three, or more than that. If they failed tech multiple times. They would not only have to start in the rear, but they would have to come after the green flag <laughs> on the first green flag lap and do a pass-through penalty. Yeah. At Auto Club, that's not that bad of a penalty. At Martinsville, however, yeah. that's what, a three, three-and-a-half lap penalty? Uh, yeah, it's big. You know, you know, and I tell you, all this stuff, you know, we talk we talk about it, and, and, it, and it does seem like it puts, and it does put, you know, egg on NASCAR's face, but... NASCAR's got to 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 it's a it's a conundrum because you know we want the teams to be able to show their ingenuity and and create speed from these cars but and NASCAR has to kind of find that balance to 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 to, to keep the sports integrity 
Um, it, it's 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 always been that way. I mean, it's a cat and mouse game. It's been that way since the since the since the sport started. But but with these like like Richard says, with these new rules, and it's gotten gotten to the point where it's so stringent now in all areas that basically you know uh, it's going to come up to where the where in, in one day soon it's going to be an entirely spec series, and we're going to have start. 36 to 40 essentially IROC cars out there, and, and, and that's what it's going to be. Uh, I don't know what uh, – we'll just have to wait and see what NASCAR decides to do, and I imagine we'll hear an announcement uh, either Tuesday or Wednesday on, going forward on their qualifying procedure. Yeah, you know, as I look at this whole thing, I, I can only assume, right, that some of this, you know, failing inspection is gamesmanships. You know, we, we you know yeah. we, we saw we saw a Truex, you know, start start at the back and berth at the front with the with the fresh tires. I mean, it's not a big secret that NASCAR races are long, and there's a lot of cautions. And a qualifying position actually doesn't mean that much in the scheme of things. Uh, with a, with a race, well, not now. With with, a, no, not now. Yeah, with a with, with the segment series, you know, the segment kind of well, changes the whole. Uh, sure, sure, yeah, but the whole uh, race, yeah. It, it just it just seems funny how you know. Uh, you know, one guy fails the inspection a couple times, doesn't get to qualify, and people say, "Wow, he got to start with fresh tires, and we're on we're on the scuffed tires." So, I mean, is this something simple as, "Hey, everyone starts on fresh tires, do away with the start on the tire you you qualified on rule," or 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 is the harsher penalty penalty for missing qualifying, you know, the drive through penalty or not, is that the answer? It's hard to say. The ball's in NASCAR's court on this, but uh it's all it's all gamesmanship. It really is. Yeah. See and NASCAR's done away with that encumbered finish now. So I mean that yeah, encumbered yeah. that encumbered win thing. So after after last year's mess. I don't I don't I I don't know how you get their attention because like you said, some of their penalties just really, you know, are innocuous. They don't. They don't mean anything. I mean, it's just uh, you know, you get it's like a slap on the wrist, and you can uh, you can go around just like this thing with a, with an engine or something. I, the way I understand it, I don't know. You know, if somebody has to take and run another engine, it's not unsealed and give up a starting position. But what what's the real penalty in that? Now, you know, um, it's uh, I don't know how NASCAR is going to get the attention of. of Obviously, the financial or monetary fans don't uh, don't hurt them. Uh, points really don't hurt them, especially the teams that can end up working by winning a race and and, and pretty pretty much negating anything that points have anything to do with. I mean, as far as getting in the chase, uh, I don't know. I don't know how they how they how they come up with something to handle it and and discourage the teams from from doing the, some of the stuff that they are. Uh, they they're trying to police. Yeah, but at the same time, it's it's off-putting to to the the, the average fan. Watch watch yeah. watch, watch them in the living room where they you know they just, they just want to watch a good race, a little bumping and banging. You know they they, they don't want to see this gamesmanship. They just want to see a, a good race, and that's what brought NASCAR to where it was. And they've just got to find a way to get back there. So I, there's no easy answer right now, but um, that, you know. Yeah, and of course there was there was another race this weekend. Uh, uh, the Xfinity cars ran uh, ran California too, and uh, Seth can take us through that. Uh, Joey Logano 
practically dominated the race. Uh, he started on the pole. He won the race. Uh, he, let's see, out of 150 laps, he led 139. The 11 laps he did not lead were, let's see, Allgaier, Sadler. Yeah. Yeah. Allgaier and Sadler, after an alternate pitch strategy late in the race, uh, Logano had pitted because he was off sequence when everybody else pitted due to uh, debris caution. And then the debris caution, about 15 laps later, put everyone back on the same sequence for the final seven laps. And he just ran away with it. There was no catching Joey Logano at Fontana. Uh, Allgaier was the best Xfinity regular in second. And the last time an Xfinity regular competing just for the Xfinity Series Championship won at Fontana was 2002 and Scott Riggs. <laughs> How about that? How about that? Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't realize that. And, and that was a, a second win in a row for... Uh, for Team Penske in the Xfinity Series, uh, Logano follows Brad Keselowski up uh, his, his win at uh, at uh, Phoenix the week before. That's correct. Uh, well, otherwise, it was a quiet race. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't very. Uh, you know, kind of. It wasn't. Didn't have a lot of drama in it, and. Uh, it, you know, some good racing back in the field. I mean, I love California. It's a nice, wide racetrack, uh, multiple grooves, a lot of different, you know, driving strategies. As You know, you see see cars uh, run high, see cars uh, dive low, use the, uh, you know, sweep up across through the corners, run downhill and sweep up in front of the car that they're they're trying to uh, to pass. So it's, that some the racing is entertaining. I just think, I just wish we'd had more, uh, a more competitive, two competitive races this weekend. That that uh, where we'd seen some uh, some some racing for the uh, for the lead and and uh, and for the win. Well, we did have a another competitive race in the K and Pro Series. I do want to mention that real quick. Kevin Harvick participated in the NASCAR K and Pro Series West season opener at Kern County in Bakersfield, California. Harvick led the first 132 laps of the 175 race, uh, 175 lap race. He was moved out of the way on the final restart by Derek Krause, who went on to win. He's a 15 year old, is that right? Uh, 16 year old, something like that. He is a uh, 15 year old, uh, 16 year old, and that was his second career win. (laughs) Wow. So good for him. So. Go ahead, Seth. I was going to say, just kudos to him uh, having the guts to move Harvick out of the way. Oh yeah, and Harvick was uh, Harvick didn't it was uh, seemed impressed when I read his post race comments. So uh, we'll see how uh, we'll see if he doesn't uh, one maybe one day Harvick returns the favor after this kid gets a little more seasoning. We'll see how that goes and when uh, Harvick returns to Kern County uh, later on, but. Uh, I guess we need to uh, turn our attention to Martinsville, first short track race of the year uh, this weekend. And we'll go to Martinsville, and then we'll take a week off for Easter, and then we'll return back to action uh, in a couple of weeks at Texas. So uh, 
Um, you know, Martinsville, typical first short track race. Uh, we'll go up there and see what uh, – see if some of these – I don't think we'll see much different than we see last year with the new rules. Uh, Martinsville is a place that kind of negates a lot of that – the shenanigans with the body work and things like that. I think we'll see uh, – see a little bit more true racing uh, than we've seen the past uh, three or four weeks when we go to Martinsville. I look for I look for a highly, highly spirited and, and uh, competitive race this weekend. What do you guys think? Oh, I think, you know, Martinsville, you got to look to the guys that uh, that have always performed well there. Uh, you know, Keselowski's been, you know, won there uh, last year in the spring, had a great race there in the fall. Uh, Kyle Busch is always good at Martinsville. Um, Jimmy Johnson, who's really having a tough year, um, and we'll talk about the Lowe's announcement in a bit. Um, Jimmy Johnson, also good at Martinsville. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's like this is, Martinsville's a real driver's track. I've been going there. My first Martinsville race was, I think, 89. Jeff Jeffrey Bodine won. Gray, you're first martinsville race was probably several years earlier uh, they were running chariots and horses yeah and yeah <laughs> yeah but uh, I mean, that, that's a track that uh that you and i both love it's a great oh place, yeah it's, great little track it's a great, uh, great show ter- yep. terrific hot dogs terrific <laughs> hot dogs yep yep so uh but yeah i mean yeah, martinsville's you- next to the schedule but uh but real quick before we get into making picks we, we've got this one other story that we need to squeeze in NASCAR-wise. And then let's talk about who's not going to be racing in Martinsville. And that's Jeffrey Earnhardt, whose time at, uh, uh, was it Starcom? Is that the name of the team? Starcom Racing. Starcom Racing has come to an end. They, they I mean, Jeffrey released a statement. The team released a statement. Um, they're saying it's a mutual split. Um, uh, Jeffrey said he's working hard on a sponsorship package. And, and he says it, Unfortunately, means taking the pause behind the wheel to take care of the business, but he's still got Robert Standards and VRX simulators behind him. Um, I, I do believe there's more to the story, and there's probably be more coming out there. But, uh, Seth, what do you know about this that you're allowed to say? Uh, Landon Castle will be in the car for two races with oh. sponsorship from USFRA. Okay, so so the sponsor has stayed with Jeffrey. Correct. And he just doesn't have uh, somewhere to take that yet. Is there a possibility that there's somewhere, somebody out there? Well, that Premium, might, Motors, might... Uh, Premium Motorsports comes to mind because uh, they are typically have a variety of drivers in both their number 15 and their number 55. Uh, Beard Motorsports, which so far they've only run the super speedways, but I know they are looking into expanding into uh, running some intermediate races and some short track races. Uh, Otherwise, there are plenty of Xfinity and Truck Series teams that would love to give somebody like a Jeffrey Earnhardt not only because of the talent, but unfortunately also because of his last name, a chance to drive their car. Seth, what is the, what is the current situation for BK? Uh, there was a article that came out two weeks ago. Um, their sponsor, Earthwater, 
uh, has not been paying them with uh, checks, but instead by giving them free cases of water. <laughs> Product sponsorship. Okay. So, I mean, what is what is what's what I mean, what's going on with the thing? You know, you still hear the story that the bank is bank is claiming they own the charters and they want the the. Uh, Assets yes. liquidated immediately yes. and all this. So, I mean, are they still getting to the racetrack? I mean, I, they I, are still getting to the racetrack somehow, some way. Uh, they also listed their pull down rig on eBay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so somebody's got to go to the race to the race shop and dig yeah. it up. Yeah, yeah. Those things are planted, planted into in the, the ground. Yeah, yeah. in the ground. You have to take a, a jackhammer. <laughs> so I'm not so I'm not entirely sure what is going on with that team, but they're trying to make ends meet any way they can. Is there a buy it now price? Yeah, <laughs> I think it said two hundred thirty thousand dollars. Oh, you'll be lucky, <laughs> and you have to dig it up yourself. <laughs> yeah, I mean, pull down rigs aren't cheap, but they're not that expensive. Well, For those of you keeping track, <laughs> go, ahead, you keep, go ahead, Chris. For those of you keeping track with the drafting the circuits drinking game, uh, the first drink was taken when Greg when um, Gray mentioned the phrase encumbered finish, and the second time was when Seth mentioned that a racing team was selling something on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. As the wheel as the wheel turns, as the wheel turns. So, so. It's possible we'll see Jeffrey Earnhardt at Martinsville. Eighteen, yes, right. But um, as we were talking off the air, so this will be the first race since uh, Dale had his uh, Dale Junior had a concussion in 2012 without an Earnhardt in it, and it'll be the first race in 38 years without a car that was assigned to an Earnhardt in it. Correct. 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 Yeah. So because Dale missed a few races with a concussion in in, in twelve, so uh, so hopefully Jeffrey can get in there. Uh, you know, the Earnhardt name is synonymous with racing. You know, going all the way back to Ralph. You know, through uh, Dale Senior, Dale Junior, and um, and and now Jeffrey, who carries the mantle of his grandfather Dale. So I hope that. Uh, uh, whatever's going on, at least he's got you know, he's got a sponsor behind him. There's all these crazy stories being floated about a Hendrick engine in somebody's trunk of their car that I know nothing about, but uh, maybe that'll show up in a car uh, and put Jeffrey back on the track. So, but uh, with that being said, hey guys, let's make some picks for Martinsville. Um, one other one other thing, Frank, we, we 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 need to touch on, and you mentioned it a minute ago, the. Uh, when we when we go to Daytona next year, we were talking about uh, these streaks coming to an end. When we go to Daytona in uh, 2019, that'll be the first time in a long, long time that there probably will not be a car with the Lowe's livery on it when we go when we head to Daytona next year because Absol- it was announced absolutely announced this correct week that Lowe's will no longer sponsor uh, Hendrick Motorsports' number 48 car. Uh, after the completion of this season, and and the other and the thing that brings to mind is, uh, is this Jimmy Swan song also? 
Let's talk about this then. So we, we, we saw Matt Kenseth walk away, right? Saying that the, the, the money just isn't right. The, the young guys coming in and ask are you William Byron's, your Eric Jones's, your Eric Suarez's are accepting contracts for $500,000 a year or less as these $10, $10 million a year guys are stepping out of the sport, just certainly because the sponsorship money isn't there uh, to support them, right, or, or to, to pay that salary. I mean, without a, without a Lowe's behind the 48 car, um, is Jimmy is Jimmy going to drive for for less money, or, or are they going to? You think they can find somebody to uh, stick their name on Jimmy's car? Well, it gives. I think it gives Hendrick the option of spreading the sponsorship deal amongst multiple organisations and multiple sponsors. Oh, sure, yeah. Because obviously Lowe's has been like a primary sponsor, and to a certain extent, that's good from Hendrick's perspective because they don't have to go out and find four or five different sponsors throughout the year. But you look at so many of the other teams out there. You know, they, even, you know, even the 18 runs multiple sponsors throughout mm-hmm. the year. And the 78 has multiple sponsors throughout well, so the year. The, so, so does the two. They're, I mean, you know, the, 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 is known as the Miller, Miller Light car, but yeah, Miller, Miller Light is realistically on that car 11 races a year. Yeah. I mean, only, the 48 and the 13 are probably the only two cars, maybe the 47 as well, uh, that are, you know, predominantly one sponsor for the yeah. whole season. Yeah, and uh, you'll the, see you'll see Menards. You know, you saw the you know when the Menards sponsorship was 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 up for all thirty eight events, and probably yeah. you will see Menards. They will do something between uh, the twelve and the twenty one, where Menards will be on a car for all thirty eight races. So they'll have a they'll have a presence in all thirty eight races. But you know, teams by and large now do not have a all inclusive sponsor. For the for the entire year, like they did, and, many and years I think ago. you also have to remember on the point you were making about uh, Jimmy Johnson. Now, and this isn't any disrespect to Matt Kenseth. He's not been at the you know he's won a few races and been competitive, but you know Jimmy Johnson's only what fourteen months out of winning a championship. Right. Uh, you know, and even though the team has been struggling, he was showing signs of competitive competitiveness last weekend mm-hmm. in, in Fontana. You know, they were running in the top ten for. For you know a, a big chunk of the race there, and you come into Martinsville. The top 10. Yeah, you come into Martinsville, which he has the highest average finish of any of the the current active drivers. So he's not going to be a million miles away. And I think that uh, I, I, th- I think you'll see them. You know, they'll start to improve towards the end of the year, and I, I think he'll be around for a couple of years longer at least. Yeah, his contract runs through twenty twenty. Yeah. So and and he so he's 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 fixed through that. I would say Jimmy, he's getting in his forties now, and Jimmy may be uh, willing to to walk away when that contract ends in twenty twenty. I'm sure he left, will. Nothing left to prove. He'll he'll retire near the you know at or near the top of his game. So yeah, yeah. I mean that would be that would be a perfect thing. I think when you look at this Lowe's thing, more so than the ramifications, of what it means to Hendrick. It's what it means to the health of NASCAR. I yeah. think that that concerns a lot of people that 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 are viewing this. Uh, you know, here's another Fortune 500 sponsor that's stepping away uh, from the sport, and uh, well, that's it's, been a mainstay. Yeah, and well, it, it falls into what we've seen with Target, 
you know, yep. the, the, these these retail companies are finding more value in their advertising dollars outside of auto racing. And uh, a comment on that, uh, Lowe's said that they can reach the same number of people uh, that they reach in NASCAR through social media by paying $1 million for advertising on social media versus $20 million on a moving billboard. And, and exactly. And, and exactly, that's really, yeah. And that's, 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 what, that's what it's done to the entire – social media, electronic media has, has, has really – Taken out of out of a lot of things, not only motorsports, but a lot of other uh, uh, sporting venues too. It'll always but you look be- at you, but the, but then to the same extent, you look at NASCAR's presence in social media. Where is it? They yeah. haven't themselves embraced it and have that enables companies like Lowe's to combine those two platforms. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. NASCAR has to look very, very carefully at itself and how it promotes the sport. NASCAR can't just sit there with its head in the sand expecting everybody else to do all the hard work. You know, the viewing figures are, are constantly down week on week. And it's not that the show isn't getting any better. You know, the, the, the show is arguably the same as it has been for a number of years. It's that they're not embracing the new media formats and a new and a new group of fans so yeah, they're not they're not getting the eyeballs on it that's no they, they that's need it. to embrace these new marketing mm-hmm. programs and marketing schemes that uh, that they seem oblivious to apart from every yeah. other sport in the world is you know embracing yeah you and look at what you... liberty are doing to formula one and the way they're changing their streaming services and mm-hmm. how they're interacting with people it it you know nascar is going to get left behind yep I think I think you know you hit the nail on the head, and I think too you know I think IndyCar has been down this road, and and and, and Chris can speak to that in a, in, a, in a bit. But you know they've been down this road before too, where they've had some of the big name sponsors kind of abandon them, and they 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 kind of evolved into it. And I think we're going to see some come back to to IndyCar because IndyCar I think working with Verizon. Has has kind of embraced some of the technology. I don't know what they'll do going forward, uh, you know. But you know, we're going to probably talk about a new TV contract coming up uh, later in the program. So that's uh, it's something not only that that NASCAR's face, all of motorsports is facing it. But you're right, NASCAR has really got to take a long, hard look at at what they're doing to to uh, essentially, like you said, not get left behind. Oh, absolutely, yeah. You've got I, just, I mean, consumer product, consumer products sponsoring auto racing. I, I think that era is <coughs> come and gone. You know, I yeah. Mean, you know, there, there, there was a time when, uh, you know, all of auto racing sponsorships were, were either, you know, tobacco, beer, or or motor oil. And then for a while, they were they were consumer products, grocery store products. You know, Procter and Gamble put a ton of money into NASCAR with. Tide and Crisco and Spam and all these other ones and all and and all those have come and gone and if you look at a lot of the cars right now both in IndyCar and NASCAR you've got these business to business deals and we've talked about this time and yeah. time again on the show it's just the changing face of the sport and and my whole point was um, you know with Jimmy Johnson and and the salary that he should command. Uh, you know, is is that are they going to 
be able to align a sponsor to, to keep him in that car, and as he should, because he's still, like you say, top of his game. Um, well, or, his or, contract is still his contract is still through twenty twenty. Well, so certain, gonna, certainly, you know, yeah, but right, and but, they will, but, but they, if, will attract, they will attract enough sponsors. Probably they'll put enough, they'll they'll get put enough sponsors together to handle his to handle his contract. Now, what's now that's probably not going to you know uh, going to work toward resigning. We're only looking at two years. To, to 2019 and 2020 to finish out finish out that current contract. So I don't, you know, obviously that's the last big contract that he'll that he'll sign. Obviously, but I think uh, you I, know, I, th- and, I think it's going to be the last big contract in NASCAR. Oh sure, and, and probably you, know I mean? and, and you all, don't know they may restructure. They may may be some you know behind the scenes restructuring that we that we you and I will never know about that mm-hmm. that could go on. And we um, saw that with Kurt Busch this past season. Yeah, and I'm sure uh, Keselowski probably restructured his contract at Penske. Uh, I, I heard kind of don't don't quote me on this. Don't know that it's true, but I've heard that some of that some of that went on too. But you know, uh, that's they probably kept that close to the vest, and you know, I'm, I'm sure it's gone on in other other teams too. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So, but anyway, so. Um... But let, let's go ahead and make some picks for Martinsville because I want to leave a little time to talk about IndyCar. And, hey, Formula One is, Formula One is starting up this weekend. So uh, so uh, I'll start with you, Seth. Who do you like for Martinsville? Kyle Busch. All right. That was quick. Gray? I'm going to say Jimmy Johnson get oh. well this weekend. All right. Jimmy Johnson needs to get well. Richard? Uh, uh. I was going to say Jimmy Johnson. Well, you say um, it. Hey, you say uh, it. No, no, no. Let's go with Joey Logano. Okay. He's okay. won the pole there. He's on a pole winning streak there. Yep, yep. Uh, Chris? Denny Hamlin. All right. And mm-hmm. I like Brad Keselowski. So, uh, that, that, well, what that... about for the race? Huh? What about for the race? Yeah, I like Brad Keselowski for the race. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Richard, you're a bad influence on me. And check another one off for the drinking game. Ha! <laughs> All right, Chris, you've been quiet, so let's talk about IndyCar. So uh, we've got the open test coming up at Barber this week. Um, we've got uh, Phoenix a couple weeks out. Um, but let's talk about this crazy story that was floated on Twitter. So the, so to, to make a long story short, there was a tweet from a Atlanta-based ABC affiliate, and I believe it was the weatherman or the anchorman of the local news. Weatherman in Macon, Georgia. Macon, Georgia, yep. So put a tweet out there, and he attributed this quote to ABC, said, from ABC TV, just to inform you, this will be our last year covering the Indy 500, and it's been a great ride, and you know, yada yada yada. Um, so it didn't come from ABC. The guy said it came from ABC, but but then again, it, you know, we know that the TV contract is up for renewal, and the announcement is impending pretty soon. So, do you think this is something that uh, this guy leaked unintentionally? Do you think it's something that he did to uh, drive, you know, Twitter views to his page? 
Um, do you think it's real? Uh, because uh, most folks around here feel like the contract is going to NBC and, and ABC slash ESPN slash Disney is, um, you know, on their way out. So uh, is this just a clever ruse by somebody or what do you think? How much, leg, think... how much legs <laughs> do you think the story has? Uh, well, given the wording of it, I would, ex- I can see it being true. The only problem I have is, you know, why would a random, you know, weatherman in George in Georgia, you know, be the one to tweet this? Um, I don't want to know, um, who else got this memo? Was it a different, um, was it a company wide memo or, or maybe know, he went to the affiliate winter meetings? Yeah. I, know, it's, uh, I gotta wonder. Did this what, when they say, "Oh, this is for your eyes and only"? He goes, "Well, let me tweet it." Yeah. You know, I thought it was. <laughs> I thought the source was strange. You know, uh, a weatherman, and of course, he deleted the tweet soon after. Yeah. Somebody, so not re- somebody <laughs> reamed his ass for it. Oh yeah, I, I'm wondering <laughs> if uh, someone just someone check his uh, LinkedIn page to see if he has a job right now. Um, I. Uh, I hope it goes to NBC. I mean, I know some people are saying, you know, oh, it's a terrible thing. It goes away from ABC. Um, can someone point me to the direction of when the last time they had a good broadcast was? Yeah, I mean, um, IndyCar fans are pretty much united in the fact that we don't really enjoy ABC's coverage of the race. In since, quotation marks. Since about, oh, 19... 98 or so, I don't know, or, or, or 2000, I don't know. You know, I, I used to love ABC with Jim McKay and Jackie Stewart, you know, uh, Paul Page, but uh, lately, you know, it's just like... Jim McKay and Jackie Stewart, that was in the uh, black and white days, right? No, no, actually, we had color TV, Chris. What? Yeah, yeah. You only had three channels, though, right? We, we, had, to, we, we had to watch it in prime time. And we had to make sure we turned the radio off during the day so we didn't know who won the race before. Oh, I'll, I'll never forget the day, 1982. I was just in the back of my mom's station wagon going to the grocery store, and the radio announcer says, Gordon Johncock won the Indy 500. I'm like, damn it. It doesn't come on TV till, it doesn't come on TV till 9 o'clock, now I know. And that was one of the most thrilling finishes, edge of your seat finishes, but the whole time I knew who was going to win. And then of course ABC when they're broadcast when they have mirrors alongside John Clark, they cut to Dina Mears in the pits right when one of the critical moments of the race is taking place. So I think we all know that ABC stands for always bad coverage. Uh, that's another one for Ooh. the drinking game for those of you paying attention. Um, I hope it goes to NBC. Um, the ratings for the for the Kentucky Derby, from what I remember, uh, went up after they got the contract. Yes, and I am looking. And I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do because I think NBC would actually put effort into it. And quite frankly, ABC, um, for lack of a better term, has not put any effort into it. Um, yeah, and well, the speculation was, or the story that Rob Miller said that that ABC had offered ten races on network TV, so ten races on straight up ABC, which means NBC either matched that or exceeded that. So we'll see, you know, maybe 10 to 12 of the 17 races on network TV, which would be great. 
Plus, NBC's got a pretty good streaming format too. If you've watched the, uh, you know, the NBC Sports app, I watch the Super Bowl on that. Actually, there you go. There you go. So, but I hope that uh, I hope that NBC can take the reins with it and do a great job with it. I mean, if you think about it, the Indy 500, has only ever been on ABC, and that's going all the way back to 1965 um, when that, it was originally that, part that, of that was World probably Sports. Black and White. Now that was black and white TV. Yes, it was. It's part um, of the old wide world of sports, uh, mm-hmm. probably thing too. But you know, I, I think too that the, the sanctioning body, IndyCar, has got to got to to be a, a a a true strong partner with whoever they uh, they determine to give the the contract to. And I think they need to to do things like, uh, I mean, uh, to really get it out front. I mean. Let's see some qualifying. Let's see some more qualifying shows. Uh, uh, probably, possibly, a, a, a one of these magazine uh, shows, that weekly magazine shows, where you can, you know, get the news uh, around the IndyCar circuit. Uh, obviously, NBCSN has that platform that they that they can do it on. So yeah, I think uh, I think we, you know, a lot of things can good things can come from that if they if. They work as true partners. I would like to see that. The big thing that I think IndyCar wanted to have in the TV um, rights negotiations was that when they they were they still they've been doing this thing the last few years. Where they were streaming all of the on track activity and putting all the videos all on YouTube. So if you actually go to the IndyCar page, you can see all the on track activity from the last few seasons um, with the last. Um, um, what's what's the word with all the stuff that's for all the feeder series and all that stuff, mm-hmm. and I think that that's going to be something that IndyCar wanted to maintain is having those pieces in place so you can still bro- you know stream all that stuff yeah. online on so YouTube. Keep, keep the rights to that where where yeah yeah uh, yeah they don't want to sell their soul completely to to the network kind of like NASCAR did you know because if if you know ratings kind of take a dip and there's not not interest, then they'll pull it, and then the true fans lose lose their uh, their insight. So yeah, I I can understand that 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 would be a good move to some degree to keep that in their kind of realm, you know. Yeah, and all, and all of the practice sessions are they're all, they're also you know Facebook Live pops up on on Facebook, and you know most of the American populace is on Facebook quite often, and uh, so it's always on Facebook Live. I I always you know pop over there when it's on and there's all my all my racing buddies are on there watching along with me and commenting so uh, you know as long as we could maintain that um and get a good broadcast crew and and you know we like you know we, we like the broadcast crew at nbc from what i understand you know most people like townsend bell paul tracy um jan Bikas is still there so uh you reckon they bring bring lee diffie as the lead uh announcer in to that program since they've uh they've kind of lost the formula one thing yeah perhaps perhaps yeah so yeah i mean lee diffie's pretty good so uh or uh, you know even that Al, alan bestwick isn't horrible even though he's abc guy so but um so let, let's see where this tv thing goes i just i just this whole you know making georgia weatherman anchor guy <laughs> tweet the thing is like really started the conversation because we know the TV contract is going to be announced 
um, within uh, sometime between now and the month of May that they're going to have this all settled. And uh, let, let's just uh, keep our fingers crossed that uh, that whatever it is benefits IndyCar. IndyCar has shown growth over the last couple of years. Um, they deserve a great TV contract. You know, Chris, you and I remember the lean years when, um, you know, Champ Car uh, was on Versus TV, which uh, literally nobody got. <laughs> so uh, let's just see how all that pans out. And... With that in mind, Heck, I was I was watching real quick, if I may. I was watching the '93 uh, kart race at Phoenix earlier today with a few buddies of mine on the over the internet, and they barely they interviewed Mario Andretti, and they barely had a chance to give him two not even two minutes uh, when he got out of the car because they had to go to whatever thing they were doing next. So, and that was 25 years ago. Um, speaking of which, uh, Marco speaking Andretti which, is going to be Marco Andretti is going to be running a uh, throwback scheme with Alberto. Um, Beef jerky, you know. Funny of how these segues just come on, uh, come on board all of a sudden. Um, and Alberto, uh, beef jerky car that's going to be in the same kind of livery as Mario Andretti's last winner from 1993, um, which was also the race that Paul Tracy was dominating the field in. And by the time that 42 laps had emerged, he had already lapped the field once. Um, if you ever, ever get a chance to watch that race on YouTube, y'all, I highly recommend it. Um, it shows how dominant one car can be when he's truly hooked up, and of course how someone can just throw it all away so soon. Uh, spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> of course. Um, and they had a... Uh, I hope that they can also make this where Marco can put a driver's suit on, similar to the ones that his father, grandfather you know, used in the early 1990s, and they were teammates at Newman Haas. Um, well, the the, that, that particular year, Mario was teammates with uh, Nigel Massel. And Nigel did not run that race because he hit the wall so hard in uh, practice that they actually, uh, he actually got a concussion, mm-hmm. and he put a, he actually put a hole in the wall. Put a hole in the wall, <clears throat> yep, yep. But Michael was over in uh, Europe running Formula One for McLaren. Well, so he was he racing a couple of races. He was still living in the U.S., funny enough. That's why he was racing in Europe. Yes, um, that was one of his uh, bigger mistakes. Was you know, not living in Europe when he was doing that. If you're going to race in Formula One, move to Europe. The fact he was going up against Ayrton Senna may have had something to do with it as well. But you know, well, he he did end up getting a podium at uh, Monza, which prevented him from being labeled as an F1 reject, according to the guys over at F1 Rejects. I think he probably still got labeled that. In all fairness, well, if you go by I think, in the long run, Michael turned out okay. Oh, yeah. Because he's, yeah. you know, he's a four-time winner of the Indianapolis 500 as a team owner. And he's had some Formula 1, so... Uh, but and anyway, he's open most laps of the so winning the race as a driver. <laughs> Man, you know what? I, I, You know, Chris, I'm old enough to remember how excited I was when Michael Andretti was going to be aired to send his teammate to Formula 1 and how really... Heartbroken I was week after week when it didn't work out for him, and that podium at Monza was fantastic. And then the next week, they they, they cut him and put um, put that finish guy in the car. Yeah. So whatever happened to him? He won a couple of championships, and then he um, yeah, then he disappeared. He lost yeah, he lost his nerve, and then he went and cried in a bush. Something like that. So, speaking of Formula One, because we've got about four minutes left in the show, and <laughs> Formula One 
is Glover, uh, Glover came on. Glad you the, came the, on. The, the yep, condensed yep. version. Condensed version of Formula One. So Formula One Go. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, so, you. Was, uh, um, yeah, so b- b- first, uh, first race of the season out in Melbourne. Uh, very, very limited preseason testing this year compared to, compared to previous years. So a little bit of an unknown as to what we expect to see. Pretty certain Mercedes are going to be up there again. You know, you can't see them, you know, not competing for, for the wins and the championships. Lewis Hamilton. I expect to see Valtteri Bottas push Hamilton a little bit harder. You know, get be more competitive, get more wins, push him a little bit further in the title. Red Bull are going to be competitive. I think that the aero in that car and the Renault engines, they're they're thereabouts. Again, you expect to see Ferrari up there as well. So you've probably got three teams that are really capable of the win. Then you've got this midfield pack, which is 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 not really a midfield pack. It's fourth to tenth. Uh, you're probably Sauber, the the team that is probably going to be the at, at the bottom of the pile. But then between you know those next six, five or six teams there, you, you can't separate them from pre-season testing anyway. Renault are starting to improve. They put a lot of money into their team. McLaren, you'd expect to see them back up there after the few years with Honda and the struggles they've had. Uh, you know, Toro Rosso have the Honda engine, which has been incredibly reliable for pre-season compared to what you've seen in previous years. So they could cause a bit of an upset. Lewis Hamilton has even commented how impressed he's been with the uh, the Haas car. So you know, you then that leaves Force India and Williams. Where are they going to be? Outside of the top six, I think it's going to be a fascinating battle throughout the season to see where these midfield pack uh, end up. Will Renault be able to sort of push some of the bigger teams, the Ferraris and the the Red Bull, I don't think Renault will have anything for, for Mercedes, but they may have something for those other two cars at certain events. But the, it, there's going to be so many little battles throughout the field that it's going to be a fascinating watch. And we've got a different way of watching it this year with the, the, the new investments in the, in the production quality of, of the, the, the package from Liberty. Uh, in the US, you're taking the global feed from Sky TV in the UK now, which I think is going to be fantastic for the viewers. I think that the package that Sky produces is brilliant, uh, and it's, it's going to be a fantastic season. Yeah. Huh. Wow, I've never heard you talk so fast. You sound like you were running a marathon. That's you about, that's need that's to be an auctioneer. It's yeah, like he's doing one of those disclaimers you hear on, the, <laughs> on, the, on TV where the guy talks really, really fast at the end, you know. <laughs> this just in, apparently Richard Uden is the new Micro Machines man. Ah, the Micro Machines man. Gosh. You know what, guys? I've had a lot of fun tonight. Um, I want to just uh, thank all you guys. I want to thank you, Gray. I want to thank you, Seth. Thank you, Richard. Thank you, Christopher. I want to thank Uber's Radio Network for hosting us. Thank iHeartRadio. Christopher, you're saying picks. We already did our picks. Formula One. Oh, picks for Formula One. Okay. Real, really quick. Picks for Formula One. Vettel. Vettel. Okay. Gray. Hamilton. All right, Richard. Bottas. Bottas, okay. Seth. Raikkonen. Raikkonen. Okay. I'll pick. Um... Keselowski. No. Hulk... <laughs> no. Lance Stroll. Hulkenberg. Okay. Don't, ask... That? Don't ask me why, but I won't pick Lance Stroll. 
So, <laughs> anyway, guys, um, again, you know, thank, thanks to the Hoobazoo Radio now for hosting us. Uh, to all you listeners that uh, tune in to listen to our nonsense, thank you so much. We appreciate you guys tuning in every week. Have a good night. We'll talk to you next week. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.